You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise development consultant with Remax of Western Canada, and I'm your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. On this episode, I'm joined by Justin Haver, team leader of Justin Haver and Associates with Remax First in Calgary. Justin began his career in the high-tech industry, but switched to real estate in 2005, and he has built an incredibly successful career. In 2019, Justin Haver and Associates was the number one team for Remax in all of Canada for production and the number five Remax team in the world for production. Justin describes himself as a determined risk taker. Justin, welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. Hi, Wade. Uh, thank you for having me on here today. It's an honor and pleasure to uh, be with you. Happy to have you on. And we're living in a very interesting and, and really uncertain times right now. First off, how are you staying positive and productive during this unique situation? You know, we uh, are obviously in a challenging time right now with the uh, COVID-19 virus, and uh, it's kind of uh, taken on the world by a storm. I think first and foremost, we're all in this boat together, so per se, and uh, we just got to spread positivity and encouragement and be there for one another. And I think once this passes, there will be a lot of amazing things uh, for humanity that will come out of this. I agree 100%. And I was watching one of your recent Facebook videos, and you spoke about the fact that you actually kind of had a trial run at this isolation thing last year. What happened and what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, you know what? Uh, that was not by choice. Back in uh, yeah, January 2019, I had my coach and mentor John Sheplak in town doing a, a talk for the team one day. And you know, he looks at the weather forecast on his phone and he sees that there's uh, some epic powder coming our way. And uh, he told me at that time that he chose to uh, cancel his uh, flights back to Vegas, uh, got a rental vehicle and he was heading out to Revelstoke and he asked me if I was coming. So, uh, you know, with uh, both of us really enjoying, you know, the mountains and the powder, we uh, both decided to uh, head out to Revelstoke. He headed out first, and uh, I believe even his uh, car ride got uh, interrupted with uh, some avalanche control, so he had to sleep in the back of his car because there was uh, quite a bit of snow coming. Either way, uh, met him out in Revelstoke there, and we decided to uh, go for a few runs, and we were just coming out of this one run where with um, through the trees, and uh, it was a nice little pillow top there that I uh, eyed, and I said, ah, I want to go off that, and you know, it's a lot of powder and nothing's going to hurt. You know, it's like being a kid again, falling into the, the deep snow, right? And, uh, you know, John said, why don't you just uh, go around? I'm like, no, no, I'll be good. I'll just uh, I'll just go over that. Uh, but I don't want to land over in that area there because it looks pretty flat. And, of course, that's where I landed. I didn't have enough speed. So I kind of landed back on my back leg on the snowboard and on impact, I crushed my tibial plateau, Ugh. which is which is basically um, you know the bottom part of your of your knee. So it's a consider a tibial plateau fracture level six, and 
I also broke my tibia fibula. I tore my patella tendon right off the bone, which is your kneecap tendon. So immediately, I mean, I knew I broke my leg and um, John went to, uh, you know, get the ski patrol. Took him about an hour to get me off the hill, got me into ER. And, you know, you're in a state of shock because it's uh, it was probably the most painful experience that I've ever had. And a little funny side note about that experience too, being uh, obviously assisted by one of the nurses in Revelstoke, you know, she asked, what's your name? So I gave her my name. She's like, oh, you have my house listed in Cochrane. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> with one of my team members, right? And I was like, oh, well, nice to meet you. I uh, <laughs> Sorry to meet you under these circumstances. <laughs> oh, so they man. get me all hopped up on the, finally giving me some pain meds. So they get me all hopped up on morphine and uh, even some of that stuff, like removing the snowboard boot afterwards, that was uh, not fun. But I'm not going to get into those kind of details about uh, the screaming and pain and that kind of stuff. Either way, I got transferred into Vernon because I was at high risk of compartmental syndrome. When they first told me that, I wasn't sure what that meant, but uh, that meant I was um, at risk of amputation and potentially losing my leg. Wow. And you're in a state of shock, and then you hear that, and it's just kind of surreal, right? So um, either way, ended up spending eight days in the hospital in Vernon, got uh, surgery, got a bunch of uh, titanium plates installed, some screws, and, uh, you know, Got out of there, got back home, and I was uh, basically isolated for two months on uh, on the couch or in bed. Yeah, you get to kind of dive deep within yourself. It comes to uh, the mental game of things, physical. Obviously, um, your body's adjusting to dealing with uh, the injury that you have and uh, a lot of discomfort along the way. But some of the things that you learn is, uh, you know, how fragile life really is. Mm. You know, I'm forever grateful for my partner, Carmen. I mean, she uh, jumped into uh, you know, full gear and uh, essentially had a third child with me being uh, fully dependent on, you know, getting fed, getting dressed, uh, showered and cleaned up, uh, getting moved around the house. Uh, you know, all that was uh, on her and... Uh, you know, you just, yeah, you learn that, um, yeah, like I said, life is fragile, whole new appreciation for mobility, right? And an appreciation for, you know, friends, family, people that take care of you. I think as humans and as adults, one of the hardest things for us to do is one, ask for help and two, to receive help. And uh, even having to leave my uh, vehicle behind in um, in uh, Revelstoke, I had uh, people offering to drive to Revelstoke to pick up the vehicle from all the way from Edmonton. Another Remax agent offered to do that. I had some friends in California that offered to fly up to do that. Um, and it was, you know, one of my friends and team members who ended up um, getting a ride out to pick up the vehicle. But it was just really overwhelming in some ways to receive so much help and assistance from everyone. And, uh, you know, as hard as it is to accept help, it is also something that uh, we all, you know, we struggle to accept that and we struggle to ask for it. But when we receive it, it's um, quite nice to know that there are people that love you and care about you as well, right? To 
And especially when you're a team leader, you're so used to helping everyone else. You know, it's kind of a little bit of an eye opener too. And hey, it's okay to also receive help. Absolutely. And that's been one of the things I've been a bit inspired by through this process so far. I know we're in the early days of of an uncertain time. And of course, on the news headlines, you have some of the the negatives, the hoarding of toilet paper, all of the things going on with this. But there's a lot of inspirational things happening right now as well in terms of some of the dialogue coming out on social media, some of the people offering to help and whatnot. And I wanted to ask you specifically, you had mentioned there your team and needing to be there for them. How are you keeping all of them calm at this time? Well, you know, we are in uh, constant communication with all of us in the in the leadership group on the team reaching out to the agents. We have uh, you know a private uh, Facebook group where we're in there you know several times a day doing Facebook lives, sharing what's going on, sharing what we are doing, and uh, obviously with everything that's going on, we got to be positive and look at everything that we can do to support our community. I think that uh, one of the key factors right now is to ensure that we do connect with the community and do support the community and support one another. You know, it's one of the amazing things uh, within our group of agents on our team is that and staff is that we have this really safe, comfortable environment that is extremely supportive of one another. No judgment or anything like that. So people are comfortable in coming forward with their challenges. And, uh, you know, I got to pinch myself sometimes that uh, I'm able to be a part of this because I get to witness, you know, the beautiful parts of humanity within our team and people helping each other. It's uh, truly something um, special. And at the same time, we are also reaching out within the community and again, watching the agencies step up and connecting with uh, people out in the community offering to, you know, pick up groceries, drop off groceries, uh, whatever support that they need during these times. It's so tough to crystal ball gaze at this point as we're so early into this situation. But what do you see happening on the ground in Calgary within the Calgary marketplace? Yeah, you know, oh, the crystal ball, if we only <laughs> had one, right? Or had tomorrow's newspaper today. You know, it's... Um, it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, the economic impact on this particular event is going to hit every single Canadian on many, many levels. And here in Calgary, you know, we're going to be hit like everyone else. However, we also have another underlying challenge, and that is the price war between Russia and OPEC. So oil prices are down to now, well, yesterday they were down to about $20 uh, US a barrel, and then they bumped up to 25 when Trump said that he would intervene at uh, some time or whenever the time is right. So we have a lot of uh, challenges with that coming down the pipe as well, depending on how long this, um, this price war goes on for. If it goes on for any long periods of time, there's going to be uh, a, another round of some massive fallouts. Um, not trying to scare anyone, just being realistic. We have uh, obviously been in an extremely challenging economic climate since the oil price crash in 2014, 2015 there. And 
there's been a ton of layoffs uh, here in Calgary. A lot of people been deeply impacted by that. You know, it's we kind of had some positive momentum finally at the start of this year, and then uh, this these two events happen. So what we're seeing, I mean, we're still seeing uh, people move forward, um, either putting their house on the market and buyers choosing to um, move forward with a purchase. I think right now as a team, we have um, roughly 40 pending sales, which, you know, is um, is quite a bit of business. And uh, people are waiving their conditions. They're making decisions based on their needs and wants in the current state, obviously also uh, making those calculated moves. And we are not pushing anyone to obviously make any decisions that uh, is not good for them and their families and uh, just coming at it from a supportive position. And, um, you know, in, in this marketplace, nobody wants to be sold, period. At the same time, people are going to be uh, looking at this as a great opportunity if they have the means to buy right now and they have job security. You also uh, have some lower interest rates right now, which you know, we all know that lower interest rates is like oxygen for the real estate market. But yeah, moving forward, it's it's tough to say. I mean, uh, from uh, a business perspective on activity out there when it comes to, you know, the number of um, showings on listings, I would say it, right now in, uh, yeah, like as of today, it's about one third of what it would typically be on a daily basis. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure to see how this all plays out. I'm wondering for the agents who are listening to this right now who are paycheck to paycheck, whether they're newer in the industry or times have been tough in their market, and this is a real concern for them of the uncertainty and and how far this is going to go, what advice or, or what words would you have for those particular listeners? You know, I think it's incredibly important to, uh, one, have a positive mindset and feel good. Um, you know, if you have any sort of desperation um, in your voice or tone or anything like that, when you're interacting with people, people can sense it. And we call that commission breath. So one of the first things that I would do is make sure that your your head's on straight. Journal, meditate, work out, make sure that you're in a, you know, you take good care of, your, of yourself so you're healthy and fit. And then, um you know, if you obviously got to look at everything that's available out there from a resource perspective, you want to obviously try to preserve as much cash as possible because we don't know how long this is uh, going to be going on for. So look at your expenses, uh, cut what you can, and uh, also, you know, connect with, um, you know, the bank. See if you can, you know, defer some of your mortgage payments um, and whatever other expenses you have. It's also not a bad time to reach out to, you know, whatever vendors you're using as well and maybe put uh, stuff on pause. Personally, that is, that is something that we have done within our business. Uh, we have looked at uh, our ad spend. And I mean, we have a massive uh, advertising budget and we've paused all of it because we don't want to compete with uh, all the noise that's up going on out there right now. And uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, any kind of advertising that we're doing right now, even if you're spending money on lead generation, pay-per-click, that kind of stuff, when you're connecting with those people, the last thing that they want to hear is any sort of sales language, right? So 
So for all those agents that are out there, I mean, try to uh, make the appropriate uh, steps to preserve cash. We don't know how long this is going to last for. Yeah, really good words of advice there. Looking even more glass half full, do you see any opportunities at this time in a sense of maybe focusing on some of the things that get neglected or that are back burner items or that type of thing? Do you see any, you know, looking at the real positives here, what do you see as opportunities? Well, you know what? I, I definitely see this as an opportunity where we can work on our skill set. You know, we uh, tend to uh, forget about working on our skills when we're busy serving our clients. So, you know, work on your buyer presentations, your list of presentations, your scripting and dialogue, objection handling, work on your systems and processes. You know, look at your client experience process. Are there things that you can improve in your business there to be ready for when, you know, when things get back to normal or the new norm, whenever that is? Just um, focus on those things. And uh, that's pretty much all we can really do right now. And on top of that, reach out to everyone that you know. And don't try to sell them anything. Just ask them how they're doing. How's their family doing? Is there anything you can do to support them? Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. I would imagine even during the normal, quote unquote, normal times that there's quite a challenge leading a team that is the size of your team. How would you describe your leadership style? And, and again, I know that these are, are different times that we're in right now, but typically, how are your agents held accountable to performance standards? I think that this is obviously an ongoing process of, uh, of development for all of us and learning. You know, I mean, I didn't go to school to be a, a business leader. I uh, am kind of learning this as we go. Have I been perfect in the past? No. Have I constantly looked at ways to improve um, how I operate? Definitely. And a lot of that, uh, you know, I give credit to uh, working with John Sheplak. He is a pretty incredible person and coach and has become a really good friend as well. And the first thing that, you know, happens when you're leading a team is that uh, you got to learn to take responsibility for everything that happens in your organization. And if anything goes sideways, it is your responsibility and it's, you know, you got to take ownership of it and look at that as a learning experience for yourself and for the team. And, you know, there's a fine line between applying the right kind of pressure of accountability because, I mean, it's natural human behavior as well that when you try to hold somebody accountable, and I mean, uh, we can probably look at that from within ourselves to back to our childhood. How do we respond to accountability from our parents? You know, most of us will want to curl up in a ball. Right. So it's a fine line of tension and encouragement. And we try to lead from a place of bottom up, essentially, not top down style leadership. And, uh, you know, coming at it from my way, I was like, how can we support you to achieve what you wish to achieve? We have proven systems and processes within our team. And, and that is, again, another thing that comes up time after time when we speak to the top producers on the team. 
aside from them working their butts off and serving the clients at, at the highest level, what do they attest their success to? And they will say, well, we follow the system and processes, and it's the opportunities that are given to us from the team. And, um, you know, it's working really well. And we're also learning that, uh, you know, how someone may perform is usually set at the time you hire them or bring them on board at the expectations that you lay out in front of them. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, quite the process. I mean, we're constantly tweaking and learning and, uh, you know, ensuring that we can empower all the agents and staff on the team to succeed. Uh, one example that I like to use uh, with the team members is, you know, when the Calgary Flames were playing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we pay a premium to go and watch them perform on the ice, right? And when you're running a team or running a business, you got to look at the same thing. When we are sitting there in front of our clients, we got to perform. We should never practice on our clients and that's why you see you know the professional athletes they obviously work out they ensure that they have a healthy diet and fuel their their vessel that's obviously their body so they can perform at a high level they practice 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 mm. till it becomes second nature and that's you know the same thing that we got to do in in our industry is that we got to look at this as we have this amazing career where we get to connect with, again, amazing people out there that will come into our lives and be a part of their real estate transaction. We need to ensure that we show up each and every day, the best version of ourselves so we can serve them day in and day out. And, you know, we're not like a doctor. We didn't go to school for 12 years and have a massive amount of student debt. So what is the one thing that we can do is we can spend a little bit of time and work on our skill set daily. Like a professional athlete, they practice. We should also do the same thing and not practice on our clients because, you know, is it fair to sit there and go and uh, kind of wing it when there's, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars of potential commissions sitting on the on the table? We gotta go at it with a mindset like that, in my opinion. A hundred percent agree with that. And you alluded there to your systems, your effective systems. When it comes to lead gen, your team has been incredibly successful. I'm curious, what's the process of the way a lead is handled through your funnel when it comes through? Yeah, you know what? This is uh, you know an ongoing process uh, where we constantly try to fine tune, obviously the the system to ensure that you know we convert as many opportunities as possible into successful sales. So, you know, number one rule when it comes to converting online leads is speed to lead. There are many studies out there that say that ideally you want to respond to a lead within the first five minutes. And uh, if you actually respond to lead in over an hour, your odds of converting that lead reduces by 300%. Wow. So. You know, so I think that that, and it's, it's, you know, speed to lead, reach out. There's no magic pill. Uh, it's being human, having the ability to connect with them when you reach them, offer value, don't be salesy and ensure that uh, you get that face-to-face -face appointment. And once you get that face-to-face -face appointment, it's uh, pretty easy 
I shouldn't say easy, but it's easier to uh, build that connection with them and ensure that uh, you earn their loyalty to proceed with, uh, you know, whether it's a purchase or sale. I listened to an interview, this might have been from a year, a couple of years ago, where you spoke about pressure in the industry. And as someone who has had a lot of success within Remax, do you feel pressure personally to keep up that level? Oh, uh, most definitely. You know, there's a lot of pressure. And, you know, that, that interview kind of came um, from where we had a colleague who was running the number one team down in California who had committed suicide. And it's one of the things that we don't talk about a lot in this business is the financial pressure to operate, uh, first and foremost, provide for our families. Uh, when you're running a team, you know, you have, in my case, the uh, pressure and responsibility to provide for 50 plus people. Like 50 plus people rely on you to have the opportunities put food on the table, roof over the head. And, uh, you know, within our system, uh, you know, when you look at essentially our team model is uh, I carry most of the financial pressure and risks in every transaction. And, uh, yeah, you can probably even hear it in my voice right now, actually. Like, you know, it, it is a lot of pressure. You know, I say to many people, I said, you know, having the expenses on a monthly basis that I never, ever imagined, never planned on, but it's so much that I, to the point where I used to dream about earning that in a year. Now I have that in expenses and, and commitments on a monthly basis. So, you know, it does come with a lot of pressure and it's, it's something that, uh, you know, me personally, I'm navigating through that and getting better and better at handling the pressure, looking at it as more from a space of, you know what, it's a privilege and honor to be able to lead these people that trust me with the decisions. Um, I have an amazing support network around me with the leadership team, as well as the agents and staff. You know, lots of encouragement, uh, you know, during this time that we're in right now, uh, you know, I've had to have some difficult conversations and I've made some difficult decisions, but it is for the better of the business to make those decisions right now. And, and we had to make the cuts uh, just to be smart about it. I don't think that it's smart to spend large amounts on, of money on advertising when real estate is probably one of the last things on people's minds right now. So, yeah, no, and we got to support each other for that. And we got to, you know, again, I encourage anyone, if you have challenges, reach out to colleagues, reach out to professionals. I know within the Calgary Real Estate Board, we have uh, counselors that are provided to us, crisis counselors, that kind of stuff. You know, mental health is huge and we are all in this together. And in the pressure of the industry in itself, I mean, yeah, there is pressure to perform at a high level. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's okay. It's an honor. I think that's such an important message. And you had mentioned before a lot of credit to working with John Cheplak and that type of thing. Are there any tangible 
things that you do on a daily basis that helps you stay so positive or optimistic about what's going on or deal with that pressure like really tangible like every single day you do this yeah i mean every single day you uh you got to work out well not every day you got to let your body rest as well but you got to make sure that you you hydrate you work out uh you know i'm very fortunate right now to have a peloton bike in my basement so uh you know, that's a good thing to have right now, just to get that heart pumping, get uh, oxygen flowing to the brain, you know, and uh, meditate on a daily basis. It only takes about five minutes. You know, that's little things like that, that you got to do just to kind of calm yourself down, you know, and I think that as of right now, those things are working quite well for me. That's awesome. And Justin, since this is the Remax Hustle podcast, we like to end every episode with a hustle tip. So what is your Remax hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you need to get something done? I think we live in a world of distractions. And, you know, and at the same time, anybody that's getting into the business or doing business, they think they got to do so many things, right, in order to become successful. And the one superpower that we all have is focus. Focus on the task at hand and complete it, do it well. Try to block out all the distractions. And, you know, it's a, such an incredible career. Uh, Remax is an incredible network. You know, there's tons of support within our network. But, you know, at the end of the day, what we put in is what we will get out. So if we focus on our job and focus on our task at hand, it will equal to success of, well, equal what you put in to put out, right? So um, that's what I would recommend there. I also would congratulate everyone that's with Remax. You guys are with a billion-dollar brand that instills trust in you to do business in your community. Having had come from an independent brokerage uh, where we would have to basically sell the brokerage before we could sell ourselves, once we moved over to the Remax brand, that conversation stopped. We didn't have to sell the brokers anymore because that balloon instills trust in your name. That's awesome. Powerful words to end on. Well, I really want to thank you, Justin, for taking the time to share your knowledge on this episode of the Remax Hustle podcast. I think now especially is when people need this kind of content, this type of messaging to absorb. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Wade, and uh, it's an honor and pleasure. And uh, if you ever want to do this again on many other topics, I would love to do that. Awesome. I will take you up on that. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. 